We are uh, basically finishing up our third week in the book of Col Colossians. And uh, kind of like Colossians, uh, we see Paul piggybacking on a lot of stuff that he covers also in the book of, uh, in the book of uh, Galatians. But I'd like to read from Colossians 3.1. You have been raised to life with Christ. Now set your hearts on what is in heaven, where Christ rules at the right side of God. Think about what is up there and not about what is here on earth. You died, which means your life is hidden with Christ who sits beside God. Christ gives meaning to your life. When he appears, you will appear with him in glory. We're talking about the focus of life here, and if you look at the bulletin cover, we're talking about basically free in Christ. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the abundant life that John 10.10 10 talks about. A life which is crucified, to live a life with God's amazing grace, and to allow the daily walk with the Holy Spirit to occur. And, and where we discover it's not a religion, it's about a relationship. And what we see here is there's a responsibility that comes with being free and having that freedom in Christ. So what does freedom in Christ look like? Well, Galatians 6.14 tells us, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. See, Paul pictures true freedom. And true freedom isn't centered on an Old Testament law or philosophy. Paul saw true freedom centered on the person of Jesus Christ. And through his relationship with Jesus Christ, Paul experienced freedom. And it's a promise of what we can experience in our own life, the same kind of freedom. And it's a point you reach where you realize how much you need God. You realize it's not about personal performance. See, we live in a country, United States of America, and we're raised as very competitive people. It may be who prays the longest, who reads the most scripture in a year. It may be who serves the most hours at the church. And a performance-based belief can lead to frustration for a Christian because it's about what you do. And what we see here, Paul's trying to get us to move from a performance-based faith to where it's a faith based on, I don't have to, I get to. You know there is freedom when you get to that point. Where you get to the point that I, I get to. Where I get to read my Bible. I don't have to. I, I get to go to church. I don't have to go to church. I get to serve. I don't have to serve. And Paul has brought us on this journey of freedom. And now Paul takes us and teaches us one more thing. As we heard read today in Galatians 5, 13 and 14. You, my brothers, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge your sinful nature. Rather, serve one another. Paul's using the word serve here. The ideal of serve is important. 
Before this, Paul had been talking about the condition of our hearts, and Paul had been talking about wrestling with our hearts so we can get into freedom. And now he's talking about using that freedom to serve. And Paul is telling us that as you experience the love of God and the freedom in Christ, you have a motivation to serve. You love as you have been loved. And when we experience God's love, we have all the motivation to serve Him and others. See, we don't have to manufacture it. We don't have to create it. It never burns out because it's flowing from the source of light of what God has done for you and me. Paul reinforces that in Galatians 6.2. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the laws of God. What law is that? Well, it's the law that Jesus gave us in John 13.34. He says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So love one another. That's our motivation. Paul's saying you have a new opportunity as you experience the love of God. And this is your motivation to love others. It's motivation to serve them. And as you experience the love of God, your motivation becomes to love others because you've been loved. In other words... When we experience God's love, we will have all the love we will ever need to serve others. When we have the love of God, we have all the love we'll ever need to serve others. And if serving God is frustrating for you, then maybe it's a motivation issue. You love others as you are loved. It's us doing it out of our heart. But when we start doing it out of our head, we get in trouble. And that's the freedom Paul is trying to reveal to us. When you live in freedom, you're going to want to love and serve people. It's just a natural thing. It is a beautiful picture of what we've been called to do. That's the freedom we have. A freedom, though, that brings responsibility. Well, think about it. When you experience something great, you're going to share it with other people. It's natural. I am a uh, soulful heart right now because of my Kentucky basketball team. But I don't have to worry about what Purdue's record is, and they're ranked third in the nation. You guys are just willing to share it very pleasantly, I might say. <laughs> See, we're driven to share with other people. You find a good restaurant or you see a great movie, you're going to tell other people about it. It's like these viral videos. You know, they are, they just get out of control because somebody finds a great cat video and then all of a sudden they're sharing it with everyone else. It's powerful when you tell other people what something means to you. And here's the big idea. What we are passionate about can make a difference. And when God does something great in our lives and we share it with others, we are loving others and serving them. You see, serving God isn't about the things we do, it's about how we love. Serving God isn't about what we can do, serving God at the heart of it is about how we love. 
See, a church should grow because of you. Because God has changed your life, and as he's changed your life, you should start telling other people, and then all of a sudden, they become driven too. Because as you've been loved, you love others. Now we've looked in this book here of Colossians about how we have to have the heart right and how we have to have the right motivation. But now Paul gives us some very practical ways for us to, to walk in this. Paul gives us some practical ways to live out this teaching. As he said in Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So how do you, you use your freedom to impact the people around you? How do you live to make a difference? As it said in Galatians 6.10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. So our first responsibility is to Identify our sphere of influence. Identify the people God has put into our life. See, your life is not an accident. God is in control. God put you in specific places. And God tells us in our lives that he's going to put people that we are to be responsible for. Well, when we talk about that, it's usually a contained area. God doesn't call us to Go reach everybody in Illinois and Michigan and Kentucky and Ohio. He's got a specific area and we shouldn't carry the weight of the world. But he does give you a sphere of influence. Of people in your life that he's called you to love. I have my area of influence and you have your area of influence. And if we take care of, of the sphere of influence that we're in and there's 600 people doing that you're going to be amazed how much of the world and the community is going to be affected. Because together we can make a, a massive difference. Well, the first area of influence is your sphere is your family. See, our first responsibility needs to be our family. We don't need to look beyond the walls of our house oftentimes because don't we want to take care of our family? Those people that God has put into our home, the people God has put under your responsibility, they need the touch of Jesus. Also, close friends. Those are the people in your life that may be doing life with you forever. And that's part of our responsibility. It may be people you work with that you spend 40, 60 hours a week at work with. And there's a, a lot of them that maybe you can touch for God. See, God has put you in that place. And maybe God put you there not just for your job, but to do ministry in that environment. Really, God placed you there for a purpose and a reason. And if you're say, I'm still in school. I'm not out in the workforce. Remember, people are in your class and that isn't random either. God put them there for you to, to love them and serve them. There's also this sphere of influence of our passions. All of us have passions that will lead us to a certain place. Passions that put us around certain people. 
It could be working out. It could be sports. It could be a, a quilting club. It could be a, a, a car club. It could be all kinds of organizations. But what happens is it brings you in contact with people who are like-minded. And it can be very easy to love those people because you're passionate about the same thing. God put you where you are. You see, our God is sovereign. He chooses your time and place. Acts 17, 26 says, God, he determined the time set before them, the exact place where they should live. In other words, God put you where you are so that you can make a difference. Even though those around you may seem crazy, people aren't a problem. They are opportunities. And God sends people to you. And God gives you that sphere of influence. And maybe you should write down the names of those people that are in your sphere of influence and pray about them. And when you do see those names, think about them in their place of need. Where we can identify maybe some way to do good for them. Because I think everyone has needs. And we need to share one another's burdens. See, you can't share one another's burdens until you get close. And that's how you identify those burdens. You get close enough to see the areas where they have a need. You find a need, then you fill it. You find a hurt, and then you heal it. And some of those needs are easy to see. Like physical needs, clothes, food, shelter. I love the way our church came through last week. We had two families, one outside of our church that were living in their truck and another family in our church that was going through uh, medical issues and having problems. And you as a church donated over $1,400 to those families. And I want to encourage you, if, you aren't following, if you're on Facebook and not following the church, you need to. Because a lot of times that's where we put that information out quickly. But it's seeing a, a need and you met and filled those needs for those two families physically. There are also people with emotional needs that need a friend, that need someone to listen. And if you're an old gray hair like me, it may be you think your time's up and you don't really have much God can do, but it may be someone to mentor. There's a lot of young people today that do not have role models. Someone to show them how to live and how to make good decisions. There's also spiritual needs. And these are people you need to be praying for. And there's not anybody in this room that can't do that. That can't pray for somebody. And when you ask somebody, most everyone wants you to pray for them. You may be called to, to even lead that person to Christ. But for that to happen... You have to get close to them. Jesus kind of reminded us of this in Matthew 25, 35. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. When did we see you, a stranger, invite you in? The disciples asked. When was it you needed clothing? When did we see you in prison or sick? 
And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers of mine, you did for me. God loves it when we serve people right where we are. Not one act of kindness or helping somebody in need goes unseen by God. And you may not have any idea how your simple act of kindness can affect someone. See, there is an intersection God is leading you into to affect somebody's life. A time and place where your life and their life are going to cross. And you need to be willing to see their need and to feel that need. And you won't believe how God will use you at those intersections of life if you just make yourself available. So identify your sphere of influence and meet people there. But why does all this happen? All this happens so that you can point people to Jesus and point people to his church. The church is the best place to take care of people. And that's why we need to point them there. Where people become dependent upon God and not just on other people. That's why here at this church we do everything in the name of Jesus. We love because he first loved us and we point them to Jesus because Jesus can, can take their burden. He says that in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Point them to Jesus. Do everything in Jesus' name. The church is a place that we learn and we grow, a place that we plug in. What we find is that the people we love and bring to Jesus Christ and his church, we'll find that those people bring other people that they have intersected with into the church too. And what we see happening is the kingdom advances as we love. Churches grow as we love. Aren't you glad that you have a church in your life? A place to learn, to grow, and to love? Colossians is telling us there is a promise of freedom in Jesus Christ. But there's also serving God, loving others. I challenge you to choose freedom every day. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that we can just come here this morning. We thank you that you're a God that gives us true freedom. And you also give us the power to go out and make a difference in the world. Let us be people that just understand the gift that we have of being a part of your kingdom and your church. And to seek and share that with those around us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.